Hello, beautiful human. Welcome back to The Current. I'm your host, Nadia Last. And today we are continuing our deep dive series on the five energy types in human design. These are five energetic archetypes of how we are designed to move through this world. How does our energy interact with the people around us? And how are we best designed to use our energy? Today we are talking about my energy type. So it's a special episode. We are diving deep into projectors. Projectors are not here to measure their worth and their value by how much they do, though I know a lot of projectors that are able to do a lot. Projectors are actually here to measure their value by how well they see. Every projector on this planet right now has a very unique lane of life that they see the world. They are here to bring their unique lane of sight to the world. They are here to shift and make our world more efficient and effective and make people feel more fulfilled and satisfied. They are here to see other people more deeply sometimes than they can see themselves. And that is such an empowering message that I want projectors to come away with, that you are able to see things and people and situations better than other people can. It's an incredible gift. So today we have on Amber, who joined Sam and I's first cohort of human design training. And she is talking about being a projector in such an embodied way. I listened to this episode quite a few times back, and I received something different every single time. So I hope if you are a projector listening, that you come away from this episode feeling deeply empowered. And if you know a projector in your life, I hope that this gives you very specific and tactical takeaways for supporting the projectors in your life. And before we get into the episode, I did want to let you know that we have our final cohort of human design training ever launching on March 8th. And if you are feeling the telltale sign, the nudge to join us, we would absolutely love to welcome you into this 15-week experience. Every Wednesday night, we are going to dive into the system together. And it's a system to learn how to love yourself. It's a system. I mean, what other opportunity in your life do you carve out regular time to think and to introspect about what makes you, you? To me, human design training is a celebration of ourselves. It's a celebration of the gifts that we have. It is an incredibly empowering system for you to actually have the words to let the people in your life know, this is how I work. This is what motivates me. And the incredible side effect of human design training is that you start to view everyone in your life through a lens of compassion and curiosity. And really just everyone you meet, which is, you know, for me, my first question is, what is your chart? But it really just allows me to approach everyone in my life with at least a bit of a curiosity to just wonder what makes this person tick and also a recognition that this person in front of me is so different from me. We are all part of humanity, so there are threads that connect all of us, and yet this person in front of me is different than I am. How might they be different, even if I don't quite know their chart? So if you are feeling called to join us, We would absolutely love to welcome you into this intimate cohort. There are only 15 spots total. A handful of them have already been filled. And we would really, really love to get to know you. You will have both Sam and I's perspective on your charts. We will be studying your charts right alongside you throughout this experience. 
We have a lot of different Q&A offerings. We have office hours. We have a really robust course that we've uh, spent a lot of time and, and intention and care building. And this will be our final cohort of live human design training ever, ever, ever. We said this last time, but this time we truly mean it. And we felt nudged to teach it one more time. But the reason why this is our final cohort is because we know that human design is not the singular answer. There is no singular answer. There are many inroads. There are many pathways. There are many paths up the same mountain. And so after this time that we teach this spring, we're going to diversify our portfolio, so to speak. We are going to be teaching and offering different services uh, beyond just human design because there are many other pathways that we are being called into. But if you're feeling the call, the time is now. Follow your authority as always. And without further ado, we can't wait to introduce to you Projectors Explained. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. You are either listening to Sam's podcast, Wild River, or my podcast, The Current. My name is Nadia. And I am so thrilled to be introducing a really prolific projector. She's very wise. Her name is Amber. And Amber, we had the delight of sitting in circle with for 14 weeks during the inaugural cohort of human design training. And when it came time for us to reprise the projector deep dive and talk just more expansively about what does it feel like to be a projector, there was not a doubt in either Sam or I's mind about who we wanted to bring on. Amber, you'll feel her energy in a moment, but she has a way of taking up space in a room without speaking too much. Her wisdom feels pretty ancient to me, not to put any pressure to it, Amber, because you're also having a human experience, but I'm so looking forward to connecting with you today. Sam, what is a projector? Well, a projector is a natural guide. Um, a projector has this, we're going to talk about all of this, but this penetrating aura that can see. The projectors are here to see, see how to do things better, see how to improve systems, really see people, really see family systems, communities. The lanes of which projectors see can be varied, but project projectors have this ability to really peer in and peek under the hood and see things that the rest of us miss. It's really amazing to be on the other side of projectors. And we're sitting, as Nadia said, with an amazing projector, Amber. And I'd just like to bring Amber on. And Amber, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Oh, thank you so much, Nadia and Sam, for that beautiful introduction. It feels really good to be correctly invited to, to speak about your experience, especially as a projector. So thank you both very much. To describe a little bit about myself, I thought I would start just by saying what kind of human design type I am. So I'm a 3-5 splenic projector. I have seven open channels or undefined channels. So I only have one, um, or sorry, center. So I only, only have one channel, and that's the 2644 channel of surrender. So I have a lot of openness, and, and I'm sure we'll talk quite a bit about that as well later. I work through traditional human design, as well as using my intuitive channel. And um, I've also been in the professional development space for over a decade. And the through line of a lot of my work has always been about connecting people to their authentic self, to feel empowerment and to feel 
brave and courageous in being able to bring their gifts to the world. So very excited about that. And I live on Vancouver Island, Canada, uh, on the territories of the Songhees, Coast Salish and Wasanich people. So thank you. There's so much for us to get into today, Amber. But I think one of my first questions is, how did you find your way into human design? How did this system find you? Oh, my goodness. It did find me. I want to be very clear about that because there was no uh, coincidence around the exact timing in my life when it came. And so if I were to rewind to about 2018, I was in sort of mid, early to mid 30s. And I was at a point in my life when my world seemed to be getting smaller because my energy was uh, shrinking and everything I was doing just wasn't working. And I was really struggling to function normally, like like I saw the people around me functioning with energy. And I just thought at this stage in my life, I'm supposed to be expanding. You know, I'm supposed to be revving up for bigger things ahead. And instead I felt like I was winding down and I didn't like that. And so I took the naturopathic route and I got all the blood work done and all the tests done. And they confirmed that I had adrenal fatigue, like pretty serious adrenal fatigue. And I thought, okay, this is great. At least now there's a name for it. And now I know what to do with it. And so I tried everything. I tried diet. I tried exercise and supplements and acupuncture and meditation. And then I discovered Qigong. And Qigong is like a form of, it's like Tai Chi and it's it's where you get to work with the own energy of your body. And that was the first time in my life where I felt a little bit more in control on my energy reserves. And I thought, okay, I cracked it. I figured this out. I now I'm in control of my energy and I've healed myself and I thought I was done. But then my energy was still so inconsistent. Like I would do the exact same routine and live my life so regimented in order to work with my energy. And some days I'd have it and some days I wouldn't. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I was um, on just poking around online one day and I saw this woman offering human design. And I remember the first time I saw those two words like human design put together, my mind like exploded. I kind of just froze (laughs) and I was like, oh my God, this is a new system. How have I not known about this system? What is this system? And it probably took like all of 30 seconds for me to discover I was a projector. (laughs) And I remember reading that there are non-energy types and what a non-energy type meant. And my whole world changed in the blink of an eye because for the first time in my life, I finally understood one, that it wasn't me and it wasn't a lack of health or taking care of myself and that there was nothing I could do about this, but this was who I was. And that was just like, it was life-changing. It still is. It's It still is. I still do all those things. I still eat well and exercise and practice Qigong. But human design found me at a time when I feel like I needed that final piece of information in order to understand truly how to work with my energy. 
So beautiful, Amber. And what you're describing when you had that sort of electric shock go through your body when you saw the words human design and then seeing that you were a non-energy type, you're describing an experience that a lot of projectors have finding the system. And how would you describe your relationship to being a non-energy type? How have you worked with it to be an empowering thing versus a disempowering thing? It's a process. I think it's one thing to understand what this all means on paper. It's another thing to walk your life in our culture and our society that isn't necessarily designed to reinforce projector energy and feel empowered by it. And so it's one of the very first things that I did was I just stopped trying so hard. (laughs) You know, I stopped trying to be seen and trying to be heard and trying to convince And I just pulled that energy back. And that was huge. That was massive for me. And I think the other thing is just trusting that the energy will return. For anybody who's gone through pretty serious adrenal fatigue, I don't know about you, but for me, I developed a bit of fear around my energy just not coming back. And now now that I understand how the energy body works, I now have so much more trust that if I rest, it will return. And if I spend it, it will go away. And there's like a new kind of harmony that I have with my body that I'm not fighting it anymore. I'm just sort of leaning into it. I love what you just said. If I spend it, it will go away. Because Nadia sometimes talks about her energy like gas in the tank or like money in the bank. And that there is a little bit of finiteness to it. Like I need to you know, there's only so much money in the bank. So if I spend it all, it'll be empty until I put more back in there. And I think that's a really important realization because three quarters people, roughly a little bit less, I think, are sacral beings or generators or manifesting generators. And it doesn't really work like that for us. Like money can just like, it can be, and it can just double by doing, by actually spending energy. Like it can, it can grow and it can run out in also by spending energy, but in the wrong way, like it doesn't, that exchange isn't as, um, uh, it, it doesn't work the same way. And so for pro- projectors to realize, and I've always heard this, and I love that you said this, like there is something finite here. So can I respect my energy and can I nurture it? And can I contribute to it knowing that I need to, I need to add to it for there to be something later? Yes. I think about it as refueling because it will not regenerate. They're very different ways of looking at energy as a resource. Tell us some of the ways that you sort of like frame that refueling and, and what that looks like for you. I think getting to know your, like I do have one motor center, my, my will center. So I've had to develop a very tuned in relationship to exactly the limits of that center. And the will center can be a hard one to treat good, if that makes sense, because it is so powerful and it wants to do so much and it has so much drive and ambition. I just want to quickly define, she's saying the will center, but she's she's also talking about the heart center, which when you're looking at the chart is that little small, the smallest triangle on the chart that's responsible for determination, willpower, and it's there for these bursts to get you over the finish line. There's that motivation that kicks in, but it's not always there. Yes, it's not always there, but you can, I would condition to live my life like it was always there. It's all I knew. It's all I knew on how to get up in the morning 
and power through the day and do all the things after the day and all the things on the weekend and, you know, expand my life. It's all I've ever known. And so, you know, I took advantage of it without even realizing that's what I was doing. And so now what I've learned how to do is tune into that. And because it's a small center, it doesn't take much to spend it all, but it also doesn't take much to replenish it. So it's like a day. It's like if I'm spending it for a day, I have to rest for a day. It's it's literally as much that goes out is as much that I need to rest and take in. So I cannot do things perpetually for like a week straight or I will be in bed for two days. So just learning what those limits are is really important and then just honoring what those limits are. And I think the other thing is just really embracing what rest is. I've been told my whole life by guides and mentors how important rest is for me, but I, I always just slugged it, like sloughed it off for some reason. I just thought, this is crazy. And what do you mean? And I do rest. I sleep. I sleep a lot. But now I'm starting to really understand what that sacred rest is and why I do it and enjoying it. I love this conversation and this and your term of sacred rest because it can be sacred. It doesn't have to be this thing that we have to like dread or like, I just have to finally rest. But one thing I want to point out to any projectors listening here is that not all projectors are built the same with respect to energy. So all what makes somebody a projector, there's um, a few qualities that are a little bit harder to explain. But the, the thing that is really important for this conversation is no projector has this big engine called a sacral. And the sacral provides this kind of like durable, like long lasting battery, like kind of consistent buzz where you can like keep going for eight, 10, 12 hours and, and do that for many days in a row. And anybody who has that engine is automatically a generator or a manifesting generator. And anybody who doesn't is a projector, a manifesto reflector. And by the term motor, we literally mean like as if motor in a boat or in a car, like it's the power source. It's what keeps you moving forward. Um, there's somebody kind of up to four motor centers and a projector could have anywhere between zero and three. And the motor centers are not all created equally. So Amber's talking about one flavor of motor center that's all around ambition and drive, but there's one that's all around emotions. And there's one all about this, like get up and go stress energy. And they all look a little bit differently. So a projector like Nadia has one motor center, but she has a different flavor of it. And the reason I'm saying this is I just want, I've heard a lot from projectors, like I'm confused because I don't, my energy doesn't relate in that way. Sometimes it's really up and down, or sometimes it goes for like two weeks and pauses, or I actually feel like I have a lot of energy. And I just want any projectors to know every you're different. Um, we would never try to gr- put like 20% of the population in one group, but I imagine a lot of you really will really relate with what Amber's saying and can take this as an example. And you can try on any of these examples as a projector on for yourself and then see what feels right for you and go from there. Yes, I love that, Sam. And the one thing I would say is just it's different having to refuel. If you do have an energy center, it's a different way to experience your energy to have to refuel it through rest than to recharge it or regenerate it through a sacral. That's the one thing projectors will not have access to is regenerative energy. So however we're designed, we we have to find some way to rest and understand our, our limitations. 
Nadia, I'd love to hear from you what your rest and energy currency looks like, just to give people another example. Yeah, that's a great question, Sam. So I am an energy projector as well. And my energy center or my motor center rather is my root, which is responsible for sort of this adrenalized pressure. Perhaps a lot of the thing that you were taking in, Amber, to have that and experience that adrenal fatigue, it's, it's that I create stress and pressure within my own system. And the way that I experience it is that it's it, that tank is filled up first thing in the morning. And so at the end of my days, it's like I'll power down and I'll recognize, wow, I cannot do the dishes, even though I'm, I'm pretty neat and organized and like to have my home clean and I like to have everything have its home. I will look at the dishes in the sink, which seems like a silly small thing and say, I, I, there is no gas left in the tank. I know that when I wake up tomorrow morning, there's going to be. And so it feels like I replenish it more on sort of a 24 hour basis. Whereas my partner is like you, he only has his will center or his heart center defined. And he works like two weeks on one week off, one week on three weeks off. Like it's like this really hard push on a project that he's innately motivated by. It doesn't have to do with the chores a lot of the time. Um, so it's just a, this interesting, like, how often is that energy cycling that that sort of like rest and recharge that you need? So, Amber, I now want to talk about since we've been talking about projectors resting, I want to talk about when they're not resting. Projectors <laughs> actually do have energy to do things in this world. They're here to to guide. They're here to show people more effective ways of doing things. They're here to sometimes see other people better than they can see themselves. And that is an honor, a privilege, a a great responsibility. And I just want to paint the picture for folks that the aura of a projector, the way the energy moves from your body is like a cone. So your body is the base of that cone. And then the point of that cone is whatever system or person or thing that's in front of you. And I want to know for you, how do you experience this penetrating aura? It's really a very beautiful experience. The aura only works with a correct invitation. And so for me, when I'm in front of somebody, a system or a person, and we are correctly aligned, it's incredible. It's like they're opening up and the more open they are, the more my aura can kind of poke around And more information gets revealed to me, the more open that other person is. And I could never understand why, you know, I would be in one-on-one meetings with people or talking with friends. And the more they shared, the more I knew. The more they were open to me, the more questions I knew how to ask. And I never understood where this came from versus some people who, it's nothing. It's a wall. You know, my aura certainly wants to get in there. It's its happy place. That's where I feel most alive and most used uh, in a good way. And so it's it's also just within relationship to uh, the invitation and how my aura gets to get in there and work with people. It's beautiful, though. It it feels like it's un- and, it, and it sort of unfolds like a flower, the more correct the invitation is. That's so beautifully said, Amber. But there's something really interesting about the types of invitations that a projector receives. And I hear a lot of projectors who hear your strategy is to wait for the invitation. Your strategy is to wait until you recognize 
you feel recognized and invited in. But a lot of projectors, similar to finding out that they're a non-energy type, can take that information and feel a little disempowered. Like, I'm going to go hide in a corner and I'm not receiving invitations, so I'm going to go over here. I would like to know from you, Amber, what's this push-pull for you? How have you started to receive even more aligned invitations in your life? Such a great question, Nadia. It's such a sacred um, relationship that projectors get to be in with the people in their lives and the world around them. And most importantly, you certainly don't ever want to feel like you have to hide out or you, you know, you have to be behind closed doors and wait for people to find you. That's not the energy that you want to be putting out. You certainly want to be focused in on the things that make you happy, the areas where you feel you're most natural and you're most alive. And you want to be out in the world so that people can see you. There's just, there's a slight nuance and difference between being out in the world to be seen to then be invited versus being out in the world, pushing what it is that you want to say. And the more you can just be out in the world so that people can start recognizing you and then the invitation comes and then your gifts come forward. I feel like I just learned so much about invitation energetics. Totally. It's, it's such a class on it. I love this idea of the gifts come forth that they're, they're almost like you can trust that they will, they will reveal themselves to you as you are invited in. And that, and kind of the flip side of that is they may not come forth in, in all their glory um, when there isn't that invitation. And that can, I imagine, can lead to projectors feeling insecure and feeling like maybe I'm not as good at this um, because they're just having to push so hard. They're not invited in. They're not being recognized. They're not feeling aligned with their gifts. And it can create just like a whole, all sorts of like challenges can come forth in that place. Absolutely, Sam. And, you know, when I encounter people like that, I think to myself, if you just let me in, I could be so much more helpful. Um, and so there's certainly a part of me that is always wanting to help, is always wanting to poke around and get in there. But I, as a projector, I think you can also have to recognize you're not for everybody and you really have to respect people's no. And that can be hard. I think that's actually one of the hardest things is not being able to use your penetrating aura because we want to. It feels very good. And we know that we have a lot of value, but respecting that uh, it's not for everybody. I'm curious, Amber, can you give us specific examples of when invitations have felt like I'm in exactly in the right place at the right time? And have there been any surprising examples? Oh, I would say the invitation to this podcast was certainly a correct invitation for me and allowing me to really open up and speak my truth as far as um, projector experience. It's really surprising to me when, especially through my work, um, when I'm introduced to new people all the time and instinctually there's this recognition of like an alignment and an openness. And within 30 seconds of meeting a new person sometimes, I am asking them questions and providing the right kind of guidance and they're complete strangers. And so it happens all the time uh, through, through invitation, through people that I encounter through my work. 
What is the difference to you in your body and in your life when you're living in alignment as a projector versus when you're not? In other words, what are the tangible ways that human design has really helped you live and feel more connected to yourself? It has a lot to do with some of the things we were talking about earlier on in terms of just relaxing. I stressed a lot about the ways that I wasn't enough. I wasn't assertive enough. I wasn't influential enough. I wasn't able to power through enough. And especially in the corporate space that I've spent the last decade in, those are all traits that are quite successful. And so I had to develop a lot of like alternate behaviors and strategies in order to fit in. And it was exhausting. And so just knowing what my energy is, what my gifts are, when I'm using them, when I shouldn't be using them. It's like somebody just gave me the inside scoop on how to live. And it's provided me just so much more mental peace. I'm able to relax and I'm able to trust. And like I mentioned, I only have the one channel. And so I'm hyper tuned into what those gifts are that I have to bring. And I'm acutely more aware of how I get to bring those into the world and much more intentional about how I do that. So it's it's very all-encompassing in, in changing my life, I would say. Amber, I want to know, what is your favorite part about being a projector? I'd say the privilege of working with people. I, the privilege of that one-on-one container is so special. And when I am entrusted with another human being to fulfill my role as a projector in that for them, uh, I think that's my favorite thing about it. I love that part about being a projector. And I think this now creates a really beautiful segue into a question that I'm hearing from projectors listening who are like, I want to guide. I know that I want to give advice. I want to consult. I want to see, but I have no idea how. And Amber, I know mm. that your offerings are continue to continuing to evolve. And so I would love if you could speak a little bit to how you've sort of been following what you find naturally interesting and what is fascinating you and how you've sort of allowed your offering, your guidance offering, if we want to call it that, to move through you over time. Oh, it certainly is evolving. So I will give you a snapshot at this point in time, uh, but I do expect it's going to change in six months from now. It's multifaceted. And so there's an aspect of it that includes traditional human design. I love human design. I love everything about it. Everything about the system is right and true and you can follow it and it won't steer you wrong. I also have um, this ability to read the human design system in a way where it speaks to me a little bit differently. And so when I'm working with somebody, what I find is that I'm drawn to a certain gate or a certain channel or a certain center. And if I meditate on that with the person sort of in my mind's eye or in front of me, I get a whole lot more information than what the human design system offers. And so what I'm starting to do is learn how to work. And perhaps that is the projector aura as well, working in combination with the human design system. I'm not quite sure, to be honest, but I'm going with it. And I'm 
I'm pulling them down together in a way that is really helping the person in front of me with the questions they're asking in their life right then and there. And what I found is I could spend like an hour and a half doing a a human design reading where I've covered the entire body graph, or I could spend an hour and a half in a reading where I cover one center deeply with them. And the impact that that has by slowing that down and going much deeper, I think is more of service to the person. And, and, and again, yeah, just to reiterate, that is the projector aura, I think, working too, sort of penetrating in. I'm also working intuitively um, through my channel. And so I'm pulling a lot together. But what I absolutely love is that some of this stuff can be hard to know what to do with once you get the information if you can find a way to tie it back to a human design experiment or some way of working with the system, I feel like there's much more tangible ways for people to work with their own energy. So that that's why I love it. And, and yeah, I, I pull all those things together. I think that is so amazing, Amber. And I actually had a reading with you, which really blew me away because you were able to pull in such specific information about what I deal with energetically on a daily basis. You were so drawn to my crown center and I have all three of the gates defined, but it's open. And so I'm taking in so much all the time, but then my root is so hyper defined. And so you gave me a very specific meditation that I've been using of really connecting in with wood to ground me and to, to bring all of this energy and like flush it through my body consistently. And Amber, I was blown away because it took the chart, but the chart was a backdrop. And I feel like there's an important message in this where it's like, find human design, absolutely, but don't get stuck there. Don't use that as the only answer. Like this is a tool, use it as a tool. Don't start to worship the tool. You are still the thing, the energy. How does that land for you, Amber? Oh, I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that that uh, reading Nadia resonated so well with you. I saw it so clearly. I got so excited to be able to share that with you. And I think what's beautiful is that there are other spiritual allies out there for us. And so in your case, Nadia, the element of wood came forward as a helper, as a way to work with your energy and ground your energy is a way that it would kind of hold it for you and fortify it for you and gather it for you until the time you wanted to release it again to do your work. And so the human design consciousness, I believe, is very alive and active and something that we can access as we're learning the system. The the elements are available to us in order to help work with our energy. There's so much out there. And so it's really just a matter of pulling it together in a way that is helpful to the person. And the other thing, too, is when I when I look at the body graph, it's it's a two dimensional diagram. And I think we get, or at least I got in this mindset where I was thinking about our, us as two-dimensional beings through that. And we're not. Like our energy system is so dynamic and layered and complicated. And what you need today might not be what you need tomorrow. And, and so it's really just trying to think about the energy as three-dimensional or four-dimensional or whatever dimensions you want. But human design for me was really the portal to to allow me to step into this world and have like a bit of a language on how to work with it. 
I love this conversation. I find this so interesting. And I just want to reiterate, you know, I haven't had a, a reading with Amber in this way, but for, Nadia was super excited after she had her. She like sent me this long voice memo and most readers are intuitive. I think you have to be a little bit with this system. Um, but Amber, from what I understand, this is not, this goes beyond kind of like, I'm going to focus on the center because it's calling to me. This is much more channeled readings, like intuitive insights, pulling from the divine, bringing forth information and then connecting it with the chart. Is that accurate? That's accurate. It usually starts with an important message for you to know at this point in time. But I don't just leave you there. I give you, we work together with tools on how to actually move your energy in the direction you want to be going. Because we have to bridge spirit with the human world. And that takes practice <laughs> and skill. Yes. I, and I, I'm re resonating with this so much because as you know, I'm also doing, starting to do something similar. Um, it, it's a little bit different and I don't, I've always felt, Amber, that you have this very intuitive understanding of human design and this ability to put language to it and to pull insights out of the system that I find very special that I personally don't feel like I have and that I think is very unique. And um, and the way I am channeling is more like full on channeling guides for like just a while and then going to the chart and be like, OK, what in the chart can support this? So it's a little bit different, but they're both similar in that you're channeling and you're and you're bringing forth the chart. And the reason I think I'm I'm so excited about this is, as Nadia said, human design is a tool to connect us to ourselves. It's a tool to connect us to divine love. It's a tool to connect us to our path. And it's a spiritual tool. Not everybody believes that, but to me, of course it is. Like, how can this be anything besides a spiritual tool? And so because of that, I find anything that's a spiritual tool is living and breathing and is actually designed for each individual person to plug into and pull from it intuitively. And understand how it's dynamic and how it's evolved from when it was first channeled 35 years ago and how it might be applying a little bit different. And one of the things that I just, I love that you said in here is we are not two dimensional people. And, and Amber was in human design training our like, um, 14 week or then it was 12 weeks. Now it's 15 week course about human design. She was in the first cohort of it. And one thing Nadia and I always try to say is like, you are more than your human design chart and the people you're reading are more than your human design chart. And so while yes, like we can pull valuable information, it can never give us a full picture because you can never condense the multidimensionality of a soul and of a person and of a person's whole human experiences to a chart. And so human design, in my opinion, should be used to help us evolve our understanding of ourselves, to help us connect to ourselves, but we can't limit ourselves to the restrictions of it. And so getting to bring in spirit really actively is this constant reminder of um, this is just trying to put this in human language so you guys can grasp this a little bit easier. Not like we can't stay here. Like don't get stuck here. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more, Sam. And, you know, the training I did with you both was phenomenal. I just want to say you were both astounding teachers and space creators and it was fantastic. And I do think it is important to, this is just my personal opinion, but to learn the foundations and the basics and really understand that original system that got brought forward. But what happened to me was, you guys aren't going to believe it, but I finished the, the training 
I was set on memorization. I was set on memorizing all of those gates and all of those channels. I had, you know, a big whiteboard where I drew it out. I had flashcards and it would not stick. It still won't stick there. But when I have somebody in front of me, a gate will light up in my mind's eye and I will remember everything will come back to me. And so I had to just trust the process. And so I would say this for anybody listening who is trying to find their way with the system, you know, because we're talking about sticking and learning the foundations, but then also sort of going with spirit. And so just just trust how it's going to unravel for you, because I had to complete that training with you both and allow essentially my memory to get wiped and then trust that it was going to come forward for each person the way it needed to. And that memorization is not my thing. I can't do it. I'm so glad that you trusted yourself to allow that process, that you didn't turn too much of like, well, I can't remember there's something wrong. I'll never be able to proceed. And instead, like there's a reason here. Um, If you grip too hard to these definitions, it would probably be really hard for this intuitive knowledge to come through. Exactly. And so you allowed that and you allowed that flexibility and trusted like, okay, it's in there. I have enough of the understanding of the mechanics that it's in there. The vocabulary is in there. What will come forward will come forward. Exactly, Sam. Yeah. I do want to sort of broaden this, though, beyond people who are necessarily interested in in deep diving into human design, because I do think there, there is a beautiful principle for projectors here where they're like, okay, I want to figure out how to guide and and what would be your takeaway and advice to those people, Amber, knowing that so much of it, you can't have the full plan? Oh, gosh, no. I think it has to start with the right invitation. It really, really does. If you can start attuning to what that means for yourself in your own somatic experience, just start paying attention to when you're in front of somebody and it feels like a wall Versus when you're in front of somebody and all of a sudden out of nowhere, you start asking really powerful questions or you start in my mind, I I know where I want to go and navigate somebody three steps ahead of where they're currently at. And so just start paying attention to what is correctly aligned for your energy and what isn't what starts to be more abundant behind the scenes and Um, prompt you and sort of pull you when you're in that space all you have to do is let go you don't have to do anything it will it will show up I promise you it will show up and trust that and ask that out loud and see how that person responds and that person will respond with more openness and more reciprocity and that's that's the guiding that's it you just have to I really do believe though you, you you can't force it with the wrong, but the person isn't ready. And so it does start with attuning to the correct invitation. And this brings up a really important facet of the projector energetics, which is that if you are forcing, I love this visual of, does it feel like a wall? Because that's really helping me reconfigure so many relationships in my life. There's this thing that happens if you try to push up against that wall, you're going to start to feel bitterness. Bitterness means 
I am trying to see you and you're not listening. I am giving you advice. Why are you not listening to me? Or I didn't get this job offer or I'm going over here and I'm trying to get people to pay attention to me and no one's listening. And I'm wondering for you, Amber, when have been times in your life that you felt that bitterness? I'm speaking to you as somebody who spent a lot of her life bitter without knowing she was bitter. And that was adrenal fatigue, really, because I spent my whole life trying and putting out energy and not not getting it back. And that's why when I speak about this, it comes from a deep, deep place of having learned. I'm also a three line. So I just want to put that out there that a lot of this uh, that I'm speaking about has come through a lot of trial and error. The three line part of it, the trial and error is such a beautiful thing to recognize as well, that you're doing it in your unique way of trying to figure it out. But this bitterness is trying to figure out like it's actually guiding us. The bitterness is telling us you're going down the wrong path. This is not going to be fruitful for you. And I know for me, recognizing where I started to feel bitter really helped like redirect me. I remember when I first found spirituality, I wanted to work within spirituality. So I was trying to bark up all the trees that I could find. I wanted to work as a as an instructor at this workout class. Um, and they were like, you've never instructed a workout class before. So no. And I remember walking away so bitter. Like, why can't that be me? And it was the universe saying, you're here to guide in a very unique way. Follow where the energy is naturally flowing. And pay attention to the doors that are seemingly closed, whether it's a job opportunity or a family member or um, my partner wasn't very interested in hearing what I had to say when I was trying to give him advice. But that was the universe saying, Nadia, go therapize other people, not him. And so I guess for projectors, I want that bitterness to actually feel like an empowering thing to recognize my value is not in whether or not this person will listen to me right now. My value is within myself. I turn that value back in and I will move along my path and find the openings in my life. One of the things that I'm so I'm hearing a few different things from you. I loved, Amber, your discussion about like attuning to what an invitation feels like and what the right invitation feel, feels like. And what, what I'm hearing from you is one, there's a body sense. There's this kind of an opening that can experience that you can experience. And the other thing I'm hearing from you is you will find yourself surprise yourself with the things that come out of your mouth. Um, you'll find this ability, this natural ability, these insights, Nadia asking, I've seen Nadia in action, these really powerful questions when she's therapizing or coaching or in this group space. And I've seen you, Amber, ask these really, really powerful questions when you're talking about human design and intuition. And I'm like, damn, that is really wise. That is a perfect example. If you're feeling that you're getting this feedback, although there might be something here for you, projectors pay attention because I hear a lot of projectors say, well, I don't know what my lane of genius is or what my zone of genius is. How do I know what the right invitation is? How do I know what to follow? How do I know how to shine my light bright? And yes, pay attention to the bitterness because that can tell you kind of the wrong places um, or places that are forcing a little bit too hard, but really pay attention to where do you feel like you're naturally thriving and trust the unfolding I still don't know what my lane is. I don't know that I ever will. I just know that the person sitting in front of me, if it's a correct invitation, it will it will come and it will be what it needs to be for that person as well. Um, and so a lot of it is just trusting the mystery of life and letting this thing unfold over over years and decades of your life. 
I think it's a dream of many projectors that I've spoken to that they could kind of uh, disappear off the grid for a little bit and not have to clock into a job because sometimes the nine to five feels really difficult. And I'd love, Amber, if you feel comfortable sharing, how has learning that you're a projector shaped your relationship to your, your corporate work and how you structure that? Yeah, this is really important. I For any projector out there who is in the corporate work, I see you and I empathize with you. And I just want you to know that little steps over time will get you to where you want to go. It may not happen all at once or as quickly as you want it to, but awareness is everything. And so depending on the nature of your job, you may not have a lot of autonomy. You may not have authority on what it is that you're doing or when you're doing it or how you're doing it. But over time, you get to discern what is just doing the task because the task needs to get done and you're in a job and this is the agreement for the work that you're doing and you do it and you know that it may not be the full expression of your gifts and your wisdom and heck, it may be draining energy on you, but at least you know and you're not at at sort of odds with that experience. And then hopefully The more you can start paying attention to those invitations, the more you can put your energy in that direction and cultivate and expand in that area. And so it may look like, you know, in your workday, three quarters of it at one point in time might just be task driven. Okay, you're aware of this. You know what this means. You're going to do it. A quarter of it might be through correct invitation. And that's where your energy is going to pick up. And that's where you're going to go through time. People might recognize that, ask you to do more of that. Or it might not be the right job for you, in which case you now have an awareness on what it is that you are looking for and where you put yourself out there to be seen and invited in. And so just just give it time and um, have sort of trust and faith in yourself that you do have a place. You do have so much value to offer this world and you will get there. It just might take a bit of time. Amber, that's such beautiful advice. I'm seeing like this ship that's just like slowly turning itself like little by little, like small shifts in the day. There's a lot of trust that's involved in this system because when you hear as a projector to wait for the invitation, you actually can't rush them. All you can do, and and I I say all you can do, but there's a lot that you can do is, is allow yourself to be seen. Make sure that people know about what it is that you know. Make sure that people... Um, recognize what it is that you see. Don't knock down people's doors. There's a, there's a very subtle energetic nuance here where you're not trying to bark up people's trees to say like, hey, listen to me, but you're sort of without attachment saying, I am here and I'm ready to guide and this is what I have to offer. And in the corporate space, I see this as even a conversation that you might have with your manager. Hey, did you know that this is something that I love doing? Whenever an opportunity comes up, I would love if you think of me. And just kind of empowering yourself to make yourself seen, make yourself open and available for the correct invitations. Also, you might have to say no to some invitations that are outdated or do not serve you anymore to create enough energetic space to welcome in the correct ones. Oh, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said, Nadia. Um, Space is huge. If you are running so tight and there's no room for the correct invitation to come in, that is not a good place to be in. And one of the very first things I did in in my work when I realized I was a projector is I just stopped. I just stopped. I just pulled back entirely 
And I started to pay attention. Did anybody notice? Was there any holes or gaps in this? Where is these invitations now coming from? And that was a really profound experience because for at least for me, I was so caught up in my mind about all these things that I was seeing that needed to happen. Nobody else thought that. Nobody else needed that. It wasn't correctly aligned. And so you may be pushing harder than you need to push. And if you actually pull back that energy to create some space, you might be surprised at how okay that is in your job or in your life. Yes. And on the other side of that too, Amber, I want to say that I went a little off the deep end when I first found out I was a projector. I kind of like full stopped life and it coincided really beautifully <laughs> with the with the pandemic. Um, and so it was. I was able to pull away from so many things, but there is the potential. I think a lot of projectors are overworking themselves, but there is also the potential to feel so sort of like disempowered by being a non-energy type or feeling like you can't work whatsoever that you're actually like in stagnancy and I know a lot of projectors actually who if they've been home alone all day it's like an object in motion stays in motion an object at rest stays at rest so knowing there's nothing wrong with you if you're like wow it's really hard for me to get myself going again you actually need the energy of other people does that resonate with you Amber it really does in moderation a hundred percent yeah it, it really does. I love the I love borrowing sac sacral energy. One of the things I've heard about the kind of while you're waiting for the invitation is preparing for an invitation, like preparing for one to come through. And I love this idea, not only making yourself sink, that's really important, but let's say your dream invitation comes tomorrow. Are you ready for it? Is there anything that you need to do energetically to prepare? Is there anything you need to do like I, like practically, like tactically. So when that comes through, have you, Amber, do you resonate with that? Have you ever had that experience? I think my human design work is a great example of that. I dove deep into learning this system. In fact, so much of the work that I do today with, with clients comes from having spent years and years and years and years learning it. You've just, just me, just me in my journal, me and my computer screen, uh, learning a lot and reading. And so all the while I did it because it fed me and it, and it kept me nourished during this time when I wasn't actually doing it with people, trusting that by following this inner uh, hunger for this knowledge and this information, that it would, it would then be able to be brought forward into the world. And uh, there is so much beauty that a projector can have just by learning and mastering their craft, essentially. I completely agree with that, Sam. Amber, this conversation has been so expansive. I feel like it was just a little amuse-bouche for people with you. Like, I want to sit here and for another two hours and talk to you about your ancestral work, your work with the elements. And I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of people who are curious about your work thereafter. So we'll get to how people can connect with you. But I want to create a little space for you to just provide some projector advice if there's any any that comes to you uh, and just to contextualize you know somebody's coming to the system for the first time and they're just finding out about being a projector is there anything you might say to this person the world needs projectors to be in their glory right now the world needs all 20 percent of us on this planet or there and abouts to not be tired to not be bitter 
to be in our full expression and offering our gifts to the world. I also want to acknowledge that that can be hard in the culture that many of us live in in order to do that. And so what comes to mind for me is if you're listening to this and you may know somebody in your life who you you suspect is a projector, reach out to them. You know, just go, hey, I've heard about this system. Point them to how to take the body graph. The more we can give projectors just this inside scoop on how to work with their energy so that they're in their best expression, the better it's going to be for all of us. And I would also encourage projectors to get to know other projectors. We have a really hard time seeing ourselves, extremely hard. That's something I'll probably be wrestling with for the rest of my life, and I'm okay with that, but it's not easy. And so meeting with other projectors can be really helpful in knowing that you've now been penetrated and seen, and there's wisdom on the other side of that. So those were the two things I would offer for for us. That was amazing. Thank you for that offering, projectors. I hope you can soak that in. And I hope this episode gave you a little bit of insight of your gifts and all the ways that you're very special and all the ways to tap into your gifts with a little bit more ease so you can create more success in your life, whatever that means to you, more peace, more flow, and um, more self-acceptance. Amber, how can people find out about your work. I actually have another, a second session with Amber tomorrow. I'm so excited about. So how, how might people be able to connect with you? Through my website, uh, amberlarson.co. And I'm sure we'll put it in the show notes. And that's where I live right now. I haven't um, put myself out there on social media yet. I'm honestly not sure what it is that I want to do in terms of that messaging or, or um, that offering on socials, but 100% through my website, you can sign up for my newsletter on there. You can look at my um, service offerings and you can just get in touch if you have questions or uh, want to just sort of meet with me and follow up on this conversation. I'd be really happy to meet with all of you. So beautiful. Amber, it was such a joy. I feel so grounded to have spent this time with you. Um, Sam, any closing words? Just thank you so much. I feel really grounded too. I feel very peaceful and I really enjoyed this conversation. I really appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your projector gifts here with Nadia and I and with all the listeners of this episode. And um, I'm really happy to have had this time with you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you for creating this container for us today. Mm -hmm.